0: The returns are a coming to both AEW and WWE. We talk about it all next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, we all know the injury bug has plagued uh, both sides, WWE and AEW, and some people taking hiatuses, some people being released and might be coming back. A lot of news talking about this. So we'll talk about AEW first, and, you know, CM Punk is out. Brian Danielson's out, Kenny Omega's out, Adam Cole is out, you know, just draw a name out of the hat, and I'm sure you'll find they're injured in some way, shape, or form, but seems like good news are coming their way for AEW, as Dave Meltzer mentioned on Wrestling Observer Radio, that CM Punk, Brian Danielson, and Kenny Omega could be back by AEW All Out. If they do, that's definitely going to help out AEW, but Can, are we being cautiously optimistic or could we be like, yeah, if I'm, I'm ready for all out, if they're all coming back.
1: The one I'm most optimistic about is punk because it seemed like that was an ankle or foot injury and he was pretty upfront and said, look, I'm going to be out for a little bit, but I'll be back. Uh, Brian Danielson, the thing that's scary about him, uh, we kind of really still don't know exactly what his injury was and the extent of it. If it was concussion with his whole thing in his background and Kenny Omega, just what, two weeks ago, he said, look, if I have another setback and it's a big setback, I'm, I'm literally done. I won't come back. Um, so I'm hoping that this is one of those situations where uncle Dave is more right than wrong. Um, I think that if any of them will be back by that time, I'm most confident in punk. Um, but I I mean, who wouldn't love to have all those guys back sooner rather than later?
0: No, I agree. And the fact that, it's again in Chicago and you know, you have Moxley be the interim champion right now, a great way to sell this pay-per-view and sell tickets for this show, which I know they did a great job already selling it. Not really unexpected, but, um, but punk versus Moxley, I think is the money match in AEW right now because punk heading into the summer before he got hurt was probably the biggest star in AEW. But Moxley really has been the biggest star of AEW since Double or Nothing 2019. Mm -hmm. And he's carried it on ever since and never really had a downfall. Any segment he's in, the crowd loves him. They sing along to Wild Thing. You know, he gets the crowd going during his matches. He's main eventing, pay-per-views, whatever. So I I think that's the money match. It might not be the best in-ring-wise. You could probably get a better match out of Danielson or Punk. But Moxley versus Punk, for me, is the money match right now.
1: I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, like you said, before any of those guys were there, Moxley was definitely the guy. It was really him and Jericho um, that were the two biggest names, I would say. Punk is, you know, over the last, what, 10, 15 years, probably one of the biggest guys in the industry. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it it doesn't hurt to help him get... Help, uh, it doesn't hurt to get a guy like him back, especially if he's going to go against your second biggest draw or maybe even your biggest draw in Moxley. So,
0: right now, I obviously Kenny Omega ties into this too because people want him back. They just want to see, you know, the best bout machine come back and have great matches again. And I know the injuries might limit the way he approaches matches, but that might actually turn out better for him. Look at what Austin did. You know, Austin had his approach, but then when he broke his neck, Changed his approach and basically elevated him to lengths that, you know, not many people have seen in professional wrestling. You're talking about the, the likes of Hogan and Cena and The Rock that Austin needed to pivot into because of his neck injury. And just made his character even better because of that. Kenny Omega, that might be, you know, limit some of the... He might not have the five-star matches he continues to have. But he'll still have great matches no matter what. It might actually, you know, change some people's minds that are not a fan of Kenny Omega if he changes his approach and makes it more psychological or methodical or slows things down a little bit, keep it a more safer approach. Who knows? But I talk about five-star matches, Ralph. I talk about, you know, Kenny Omega. There's been some back and forth between Kenny Omega and a guy that's had a lot of five-star matches. That's Will Ospreay. So earlier this week, at a Rev Pro show, Will Ospreay mocks Kenny Omega by doing the one wing angel on his opponent, and at two, forces the guy to kick out, you know, throws a temper tantrum like Kenny Omega would when he kicks out or tries to mock Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega responds to this by saying, like, Okay, nice one wing angel, but I don't get why you're doing this. It's kind of childish. And then well, Osprey responds by saying like, this is what happens when you're a C word, you know, and <laughs> goes from there. So kind of got people talking here in, in the wrestling inner community. Is this a shoe or this a work? Are they building to something here where maybe next year at Forbidden Door or maybe down the line of Wrestle Kingdom, we get Omega versus Osprey?
1: I think this is probably just both of them having a little bit of fun. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a match between the two somewhere down the road, though.
0: It might be worked, you where there might be a match down the line somewhere, but maybe there is some animosity between these two for whatever reason, and Kenny Omega doesn't like Osprey and vice versa. But that that could cause some, you know, some some big bucks, regardless of where it goes. If it goes to New Japan, I'm sure that could bring some U.S. Fan, fans to watch and subscribe to New Japan World to see that match, or. If it goes to Forbidden Door two next year, that might lead to paper, more pay per view buys. If they get Omega versus Osprey, if they're playing the seeds now in July for a year long feud that culminates next June, if assuming that's when it's going to be,
1: I, I think that you know obviously these two kind of have a little bit of history because when correct me if I'm wrong, when Kenny Omega was the guy in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Will Osprey was not at that level just yet he was no. good people respected him and he was having good matches but he wasn't like at the okada omega level so no he was there still might a be some animosity there there might be some animosity about stuff that we don't necessarily know about mm-hmm. right now um will osprey is like a made guy in new japan and well respected most other places so
0: right right that's true so it'd be interesting to see how this Turns out, let us know in the the comments what you guys think about it. But talking about Twitter here, something very interesting happened Thursday morning, I believe it was. Maybe it was Wednesday night. But, you know, we saw last year, it's actually around the one-year anniversary that this happened, Bray Wyatt released from WWE. No mention of him being part of any other promotion since. But you have those people that speculate that he's gonna go back to WWE if he decides to go back to wrestling well Bray Wyatt made things interesting by changing his Twitter bio to a quote that was told to him by Vince McMahon where it says begin again kid it's what you do and then he followed this up with um a quote from the Bible I believe it is and a picture of uh, the House of David, what, uh, here's the quote that he says, I'll place on his shoulder the key to the House of David. When he opens, no one shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. And then there's a picture of him with a guy holding a head, um, similar to how he used to hold the lantern. So got fans talking about this. Is Bray Wyatt hinting a WWE return? Or is he just working fans right now to just create conversation?
1: I think he's doing what he does best. Anytime he tweets or even makes a remark, I don't think he's, co- if he's coming back, I don't think he's going back to WWE. And I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. Um, if anything, you know, build yourself back. Up. Who knows? He may be mocking Vince McMahon because
0: could, of the be. recent
1: allegations with Vince and all this stuff. It's like, look, the fall from grace, you got to build yourself back up. You said this to me now, look, it's come full. I, I don't know.
0: I'm yeah, just not going to be true. one of those
1: people that speculates, that we're going to see him back. I've, I've kind of learned over the years, like not to lean towards that because a lot of times you end up being disappointed because of, uh, anticipation that you've created for yourself and not so much what the wrestler or the company has intended.
0: So. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, unless you physically see it for yourself, you got to take all these spec, these rumors and reports and people doing shit on Twitter with a grain of salt. So, but, Let's talk about someone that is going to be returning to WWE fairly soon, and that is Edge. Now, Edge has been written off TV recently as he was kicked out of the judgment day. We've not seen him since. But it appears that the report is Edge will be coming back on the upcoming raw at MSG. Coming back as the Rated R superstar. Is this a good move for him to come back as the Radar superstar? or should he change his character a little bit going after the judgment day again?
1: To me, edge is edge. I mean, he's going to be great in any role he plays. Um, kind of ironic that they're moving or have moved to TV 14 and you're getting the rated R superstar back. So, um, mm-hmm. he could still go after the judgment day. Um, I think the yep. judgment day has certainly lost some momentum. I know Rhea Ripley is hurt. She has something going on, so she's not there. Um, and you know, just being honest, Finn Balor doesn't have the ability to command a room like Edge does. So there's That's that true. too. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a good thing that he's coming back either way. And as the rated R superstar, it's fine with me too.
0: Right. Now, obviously the main event, because it's tied into the 20th anniversary of Rey Mysterio's debut, uh, Rey Myster- WWE debut, I should say, before people go attacking me on... Twitter or on the comment section here, but the main event will be the Mysterios versus the Judgment Day on Raw, you know, to celebrate 20 years in WWE. So perhaps Edge comes out, saves there, and then they try to hint maybe a six man tag or a tag team match, Ray and Edge versus the Judgment Day at SummerSlam. Could be a possibility. That That is definitely possible. And you have SummerSlam coming up. Speaking of, there's Very interesting report coming out from WrestleVotes where they said a source from WWE told them that they, the people in WWE, do not like the card that they've created for SummerSlam this year. What are your thoughts on this?
1: What's on the card so far? We got Becky and Bianca.
0: Becky and Bianca. We got Roman and Brock last man standing match. We got Lashley and Theory. We have the Uso Street Profits tag team championship match with Jeff Jarrett as the special guest referee which is random. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get the Nashville tie-in. I know he's going to be there, you know, that, that weekend anyway, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but um what are the other matches that are on there? It is up uh, uh Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. And I think there's one other match that I can't remember off the top of my head. So, seven matches on the card and I honestly think most of those match. Oh, Seth and Riddle is the seventh yeah. match. I so, think uh,
1: at least three pl- or four of those are good matches just at the surface. Bianca, you know, here's one of those things, man. Everybody talked about how Bianca was buried. And everybody talks about how we want long-term, long-term storytelling. Look where we are with mm-hmm. that match alone. Look at the Street Profits and the Usos now. Granted, <laughs> a lot of rematches and whatever else got us to this point. Um, on raw and SmackDown, not necessarily between those certain people, but just in general. Uh, but we're here, you know, Riddle and Seth has been fairly focused on Becky and Bianca certainly has been focused on mm-hmm. Brock and Roman. Yeah, that's a rematch. It's enough to get my ass to fly to Nashville to go see it. So you're definitely going, I am definitely going. Nice. I'm going a week from tomorrow. I will be in Nashville. I was conned into this.
0: You were con- Wait, wait, is that a pun? A pun? No. Oh. Can be if you want it to be. It can be. Because you were con-, con. Well, Nick con too, but nonetheless. No,
1: my, uh, my wife loves Nashville. She said, oh, isn't it convenient that SummerSlam's in Nashville? We should use those points because we never went on our honeymoon. I said, oh, uh, okay. I
0: guess why not? Let's, let's go. All right then. So, You're going to Nashville that weekend, and obviously SummerSlam's the big event, but also another big event happening Nashville at that weekend is StarCast 5, which usually tied into AEW events, but now it's tied into SummerSlam this time. And the big event happening at that point is Ric Flair's last match. Mm. And Ric Flair's last match is official that it's going to be a tag team match. He will be tagging with Andrade El Idolo against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Now, before we actually talk about these four in general, do you think this is considered opening the forbidden door when you have two guys that are signed by to AEW, a guy that is a producer at WWE and will be a special guest referee at SummerSlam the night before, and of course, Ric Flair in this match? Is that considered opening the forbidden door? I to a certain
1: extent, absolutely, Mm because everybody had to sign off on this. Tony Khan, I'm sure, had to sign off on this. I don't know what Ric Flair's deal is. I I don't I know he's not signed to WWE, but he's just he's just free agent. And then yeah, I as close as you're gonna get to WWE Mm -hmm. versus AEW, so
0: And technically, you have AEW tag teaming with WWE at this point. If Jared and Lethal are tagging together, I'm sure people are going to go, "Well, that's a it's really a TNA thing." But no, they're not signed by TNA right now. But that and that's the other thing. Why Jared? I understand it's Nashville and he's a Nashville wrestler, or whatever. But don't know. Like I don't know who else was, you know, talked to or whatever. But it seems like I get Lethal. Given the, you know, he's he's been working with Flair to get him back ready for this match. And the whole impersonation thing that he does a great Ric Flair impersonation. I get that. Andrade, I get that. You know, it's his son-in-law. But Jeff Jarrett, why?
1: It Maybe it's got to be a TNA. TNA ties from when they were, I believe they were both there around the same time.
0: Yeah, but. I, There's, there are plenty of other guys you could have used there if that's the case. But, and I guess like you look at his NWA days, like is Steamboat going to come out and do this match? Probably not.
1: Should have been Sean. Sean should have been his last match.
0: Well, th- then you're going to have to get him to sign off on it. And Vince Well, I'm Man saying sign off.
1: at WrestleMania that should have been oh, his yes. last match.
0: Yes, I agree. 100% should have been, but it wasn't. And he had some matches at TNA. So he has to kind of you know, right that wrong and have this match. Do you think it's going to be a good match? I don't think
1: it's going to be a good match. I wouldn't be surprised if Ric Flair surprised some people given his age. What is he? 70 something. I,
0: yeah, he's in his mid seventies.
1: Yeah. There's a reason this is a tag match and not a singles match. Right. Or like, to him. I mean, whatever it, if he wants to do it. Let him do it. I I don't know. I don't know what to think of it, but
0: yeah, well, it, it'd be interesting. and. You know, we do have the affiliate link if you guys want to buy the show and anything else related to StarCast 5, just go to the description below. And don't forget... Hold up, hold up, hold up. We are not ending this week's news roundup like that because we record these episodes on Thursday night. So we missed the big news story that happened. Probably the biggest news story in pro wrestling in the last 40 years. And that is Vince McMahon retiring from WWE. Now we know this is after all the allegations that have been brought out from the Wall Street Journal about his sexual misconduct. So it's it's a very awkward position to have whether not to thank the man who has given many wrestling fans so many great memories of these last 40 plus years, whether you grew up in the golden era of pro wrestling or you grew up during the new generation, the attitude era, ruthless aggression, the PG era or today's wrestling, there's definitely memories that Vince McMahon and WWE have brought you. And that should not be forgotten. However, these allegations are pretty serious. And if they come out to be true, Vince McMahon should be condemned for it. And in fact, Matt Hardy on Twitter pretty much said this. And I agree with him 100% because there's a lot of wrestlers out there that believe and it's true that without vince mcmahon they don't have the lives that they have and all the the great memories that they have and all the great opportunities that they've had it just sucks that his career has to end like this and if it is true that these allegations happened he should be condemned for them and should not be out in the public eye and should be running creative and whatever because if this was at a normal job you know you probably would get fired for having these sexual misconducts so he should not be bulletproof to that either so vince mcmahon the man that gave us so many great memories and so many you know great stars of the last 40 plus years we thank you but if these allegations are true I'm sorry. We have to condemn you for it. But let me know in the comments what your favorite WWE moment has been as a wrestling fan in the last, whatever, 40 years that Vince McMahon has owned this company. Don't forget to share this all over social media We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, SCPB Podcast. Subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble.